I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. We continue our seven-part series on the seven deadly sins in today's episode about gluttony. So I had this really crazy dream last night that I was a muffler, like a tailpipe on a car. And I woke up and I was exhausted. Oh, Matt, you're so funny. Thanks, Jenna. Who's not here? I'm lying. I miss her. (laughs) Welcome to episode 22. (laughs) I am Matt and Jenna is still not with us. Um, She will be back soon. So thank you for your patience in that. Continue to pray for her and and me and my wife as well as we continue to adjust to having our first children um, and what life looks like with kids. Please send help. <laughs> um, so, uh, Joy Junk Jesus. My joy um, is that life is getting easier in the sense that like having a baby and trying to go about the tasks of life and going out and getting to things and life events and stuff is getting more uh easy more easy easier getting a little easier um it's been an adjustment but it's been a joyful adjustment cuz it's like all right like we're adjusting to what the new normal's going to look like like we can still live life it just looks so much different uh, and it's so much more full and beautiful with a baby. Um, and it's awesome. So that's been really cool. Junk is that today was my first like full day back at work. And I love my job, but it was hard like not getting a whole lot of sleep last night, not even a chance to shower, and then going into a day where I had I think five meetings and a bunch of other office work to do and then coming home and having a bunch of other things to do and help with baby, which I'm happy to do, obviously. Um, And so I'm pretty exhausted, but at the same time, my Jesus moment is like in all of those meetings and all the people that I met with and conversations I had and coming home to my wife and my daughter, like I just saw or experienced Christ so clearly in every one of those conversations or people or or moments that um, it was really cool to have that. So to experience him in that way. Um, even in the midst of wanting to just be home still on paternity leave, not worrying about work or anything like that, um, and just focusing on family. So um, that's still an adjustment, but we are adjusting. Um, and today we're talking about something that would make you adjust your clothing, gluttony. That was a really bad transition, but um, gluttony. And I think Gluttony is one of those that we all know kind of what it is. It's basically overindulging in things, typically food or drink, um, to a point that it becomes unhealthy or even obsessive. Um, And so gluttony is all about consumption, um, and our culture is all about consumption. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, imagine I want you to think of a fast food restaurant, and I want you to think of the colors of their logo, of their signs. Most, if not all, fast food restaurants, their signs are red and yellow, and the red and or yellow. And the reason is 
red and yellow are the first two colors your eye sees on the spectrum. They're toward the more intense, you know, brighter side of the spectrum. Your your eyes notice it immediately. That's why bulls kind of charge at red. Well, I think they charge at movement. Never mind, scratch that. But why we always notice things that are red, um, why the sight of blood can be very jarring, you know, like cause something we immediately notice. Um, and they're um, both colors that promote hunger because red and yellow are common colors in like animals in the diet of early man you could say and so um red being like meat or or blood you know um and yellow being like the fur or skin or other elements of an animal sorry if you're not a meat eater um or anything if you hate that image uh, but that's really why it's just something that's built into us and in, like our animalistic brain is like we know those are the colors that lead to food um <laughs> and so um, our culture is really wired into this gluttonous tendency. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently. I think it was a Father Mike Schmitz, Ask Father Mike Schmitz, um, quick little podcast. And he was talking about boredom and how someone once told him, um, there are not boring things, just boring people. And so how to train yourself to not be bored. Because when you're bored, the, the first thing you do when you're bored is you immediately consume something. Um, boredom can be a trigger for, uh, habitual sin because you're trying to consume, consume something like pornography or, um, smoking or, you know, like you only smoke weed when you, you know, aren't in the middle of doing a responsibility or something like that. Um, or when you finally have a chance to decompress from all your responsibilities, that's when you drink too much or whatever it might be, but we immediately consume something. Um, whether that's opening our phone also, like just consuming social media, turning on Netflix, like that's what happens. And when that becomes our tendency over and over and over and over again, that can develop into a gluttonous habit. So I don't want you to think of gluttony as like you are obese because that's how I think it's typically perceived as like you're just overeating. Um, but overindulging in alcohol, like there are people that I know, like every single time I look at their Instagram story, they have a drink in their hand. And um, there was actually a social experiment that someone did. I can't remember what organization did this, but it was very, very clever. They created an Instagram account. This happened a couple, like years ago, a couple years ago. Uh, created an Instagram account, like of a, a model. They tried to make her look like a, a like a public influencer, and a lot of they used, I think, Instagram algorithms and whatever, and follow bots or whatever to get a lot of people to follow her. And it was this fake model, and they posted pictures, I think, every day or every week for a long time. I want to say like a year. I'm probably totally butchering this story. But anyways, at the eventually they put out kind of a release that this isn't a real person. And ha did you notice that in every single picture, there's some form of alcohol? And you look back and there's one like picture of her in a grocery store and she's got a purse over her shoulder. But sticking out of the back of her purse is just the top of a bottle of wine, uh, like a corked bottle of wine that she was just carrying with her. And it was just kind of showing like how creepingly um, unaware we can be of the um, dangers of alcoholism. Uh, and that's a form of gluttony is, is over consuming something to an unhealthy level. Um, and I think when we think of when a lot of people think of um, drinking or eating, it's like especially with drinking or like with drugs or something like that. Uh, and you're a religious person, and you're like, okay, can I smoke? 
Can I smoke cigarettes? Can I smoke weed? Can I chew tobacco? Can I, you know, smoke a pipe, um, a tobacco pipe? All those are different, you know, levels of how they affect our body and, you know, different levels of being a harmful drug versus um, something that's more natural. But anyway, um, I think a lot of people think like either you do it or you can't do it. And when you do it, you're doing it like it's part of who you are. You do it all the time. Um, Same thing with drinking. Like, oh my gosh, like you don't drink? Like that's something so... (laughs) so countercultural that people get really inquisitive about it. I remember uh, Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, he has this bit about it, like, you know, not about anything else in the world do people get that inquisitive than when you say you don't drink. You, know, you say you don't drink, they're like, oh, why, why don't you drink? Do you have a problem with drinking? He says, nobody asks that about mayonnaise. You know, like when you're like, oh, I don't like mayonnaise. Do you, why don't you like mayonnaise? Do you, do you have a problem with mayonnaise? Like, it's, it's only that. And there's this middle ground that we have as Catholics that recognizing there is good in the things of this earth and the things that man is able to create from the things of the earth that can be consumed in moderation. Now, I'm not saying that of drugs, you know, like um, I wouldn't say that about marijuana necessarily, but about, um, you know, smoking a pipe, you know, to all natural tobacco pipe or something like that, or, um, having a drink, you know, um, or having a cigar or something like that. Something that doesn't have all the harmful, like nicotine and arsenic and all the different carcinogens that maybe a cigarette would have or a drug would have. Um, because those are harmful to your body. Um, no matter how many you consume of them, it's still hurting you. Um, and so gluttony happens when these things become unhealthy or they become obsessive. Obsessive, I think is, um, also so like if you're, um, Every weekend, every Friday night, like your idea of a weekend is you have to go out. You have to go to the bar. You have to have a drink. Um, you have to cruise for the opposite sex or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, that's your idea of what it looks like to be a bachelor or a bachelorette, a single person, um, or to have fun. You know, there are certain people that they, certain people I know that they do not understand that the idea of fun is disconnected from being drunk. And that is really sad to me because some of my, best memories and some of the greatest stories that I have among my groups of friends or, you know, in the things that I've been able to experience in life, um, those things were the furthest from happening. You know, um, I'm not a big drinker. I rarely drink. Um, you know, I don't smoke or anything like that. Uh, I'm not, you know, expressing judgment on anyone who does, you know, it's their free will and free choice to do those things. Um, I just pray that they're doing it in moderation, but I still think that, that tends to be something that a lot of people think of. And a lot of people look at it as something that's like, I, w- I would be more faithful, like, but but I just, I feel like you, you can't have any fun. Like, if you're Catholic, like, if I did this all the time, like, I feel like I would never have any fun. I hear that, or versions of that, a lot. And I think that has to do with gluttony, because people are so used to consuming whenever they want to, because it's given kind of a, a silent permission in our culture, or even like a blatant, like, go do this in our culture, that it seems so counterintuitive, countercultural to be like, yeah, I don't drink. And I still have a great time. I still have stories that, you know, would make you roll on the floor laughing or experiences that really just touch me deeply that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. Um, and I don't need people don't need alcohol to make those things happen, um, or drugs, or an excess of food, or whatever it might be, you know, um, 
This can also be said of, you know, just eating unhealthily, you know, eating fast food, um, drinking a bunch of soda, like all the time, like that stuff isn't good for our bodies. And so to recognize, like, if we're always doing that simply because it's convenient, then maybe we are missing out on an opportunity to be disciplined, to be more intentional about our day, to prepare more, to be good stewards of the bodies that God has given us. Um, that's something to think about in this this wrestling with this sin of gluttony. Um, the Bible doesn't use really the word gluttony anywhere. Um, maybe once um, in some translations of this passage that I'm about to read. But it does speak a lot about people who are drunkards, people who are gluttons, like um, people who drink a lot or um, give access to alcohol, things like that. Um, you know, Jesus, he turned the water into wine at the wedding at Cana. We can probably say with 100% guarantee that he partook of that wine afterwards, that he knew how to have a good time. But in all cases, the Bible complete and Jesus completely preach against drunkenness. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't sit and have a drink. If one drink, though, is going to put you over the line, then moderation for you, um, not falling into gluttony, is maybe not drinking. You know, finding another way to be social with people who are drinking um, and maybe always be courteous enough to be the designated driver or something like that. Um, even though in this situation, if you're hanging out all with Catholic people listening to this podcast and abiding by what the church teaches about moderation and alcohol, you should not ever need a designated driver because you never drink enough to put yourself in a position to where you will be inebriated. That's my public service announcement. Um, you may feel differently about that. Let me know. But that's kind of my understanding of what that means in terms of alcohol. But anyways, back to scripture. There's this kind of terrifying verse in Proverbs chapter 23. Um, at the beginning, it says, uh, when you sit down to dine with a ruler, mark well the one who is before you. Stick the knife in your gullet if you have a ravenous appetite. Do not desire his delicacies. It is food that deceives. I read that and I'm like, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> like, you sit down to dine with somebody, mark well the one who is before you, recognize who you're eating with. Stick the knife in your throat if you have a ravenous appetite. Like, it's like, boom, like, if you're too hungry, if you're obsessed with food, just cut your throat. Like, it's, wow, like, this is intense. Like, Proverbs is the book of wisdom and all of a sudden it turned into, like, the purge. Like, it's just, it just caught me so by surprise when I came across this verse. Um, but I think... Scripture has this wisdom about this because it's a reality that we all deal with. We are all people of flesh. We are flesh and bone. And our flesh can experience the pleasure of the things of the flesh, of food, of drink, of, um, you know, alcohol, of, you know, tobacco, whatever it might be, um, and even you could think about this in social, like I, I mentioned social media, but gluttony in terms of technology, um, Netflix, um, you know, it strikes me when people tell me like, oh, I'm just too busy. Like, oh, you haven't gone to mass because you're too busy. Have you watched a single season of anything on Netflix in the past month? If you have, you're not too busy. You know, you have time. Um, you don't need that time to consume that. It's just a matter of not recognizing when you need to be intentional about how you're spending your spare time. And it's that idea that when the boredom kicks in, and for a lot of us, it's just like the second, like the 
high octane pace of the day runs down and I finally have a moment to myself, I immediately consume something because that might be my only chance. But am I consuming something good, like I need healthy food to restore my energy or I need to consume some sleep so I can re-energize? Or am I just turning on Netflix because I finally get to sit on the couch and I don't want to do anything or talk to anyone for hours? Um, That can be unhealthy. We're not made to be in isolation um, and to sit on the couch. Um, Pope Francis even said when he was addressing people, I think it was at the last World Youth Day, where he said, we cannot be couch potatoes. And I love the phrases that he used, that that is legitimately on the Vatican website, on a speech uh, or homily or whatever it was by Pope Francis, the word couch potatoes. Go Google it. Excellent. Um, And then we have that very um, recognizable, commonly used passage from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, where it says, Do... I can't read. There we go. Do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own. For you have been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Sorry. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Um, And to think about everything that I consume, everything that I do, the lack of exercise, the doing of exercising, that's the verb, Um, the actual act of exercise, like the the good and the bad of both, like both of those, those are affecting my body. When I don't exercise, it affects my body. When I do, it affects my body. When I eat well, it affects my body. When I don't eat well, it affects my body. Which one of those, of any of the things that you can list, is glorifying my body? Is glorifying my body. Um, Or glorifying God in my body. Sorry, glorifying your body could go down some weird paths, but glorifying God in your body, um, and recognizing the beauty that, that is in it to glorify him, to do his work, to do his will, to live longer, to carry about his, carry out his mission and not to abandon the free will and reason that you've been given. That's something that I think gluttony is at really at risk at doing in a very silent and secretive way is it completely snatches away your free will or not your free will necessarily, but your ability to reason soundly. Um, and that's something that that's the, the, the quality that really separates us from every other creature. Um, and when we do that, we behave like animals. We resort to, um, you know, companions like physical companionship, um, consuming, for our own satisfaction, food, drink, whatever it is, that's the same thing that animals do. Um, and so recognizing like we are called to be greater than that. Some good quotes from the saints on gluttony. Um, most of them have to do with food because that's how traditionally gluttony has been perceived. But we can apply this to maybe anything that you might have an obsessive tendency toward consuming. This is St. Alphonsus Liguori. He says, It is almost certain that excess in eating, or fill in the blank, is the cause of almost all the diseases of the body, but its effect on the soul is even more disastrous. That when we spend our whole life consuming things just for the sake of the pleasure of them, with no moderation, no sense of purpose or discipline with them, and even an unhealthy level or amount or quality of what we're consuming, that our, the effect on our soul is even more disastrous. Because your soul and your body, they're not separate. 
They're not separate. It's not like you have your body and then locked somewhere deep, deep down inside of a, you know, safe with a combination that only God knows the the combination to is your soul. Your soul is present in every single cell of your body. Um, if your body was a peach, your soul would not be the pit. It would be the juice. It's present everywhere. And so that's why glorifying God in your body is so important and why the church recognizes the beauty of the body and and hopes that people would never try and harm their own body intentionally or maybe not of full conscience by just over consuming over time of something that's unhealthy because that's affecting your soul. That's affecting your spirituality. And we all probably know that when we have a day when we are moderately active, when we eat well, um, when we get a good amount of sleep, we are more spiritually in tune and because we're more physically energized and more physically awake to being present to the people and the things of, of our life and our relationship with God above all. St. John Climacus. This guy's been coming up a lot. I don't really know anything about him. But anytime I'm looking up kind of what the saints say about something, the past like three episodes, this brother's been coming up. So if you know anything about St. John Climac- Climacus, Climacus, Climasus, however you say his name, Clamato. Um, if you would, let me know. I'll probably look it up at some point. We'll probably do a saint thing on him. That would be really sneaky if he was the saint for this episode. You'll just have to wait and see. But he says, Gluttony is hypocrisy of the stomach. Filled, it moans about scarcity. Stuffed and crammed, it wails about its hunger. And I think what he's speaking to there is, even when we fill ourselves with food, there's still a deeper-seated hunger for what we're really desiring to consume. You know, in our five-part series that we just had, we talked about how every single person shares the desire for perfect love, truth, goodness, beauty, and being. And that cannot be satisfied by the things of this world. It can't. It can't be satisfied by food, by a relationship, by another person, by even a marriage, by alcohol, by any drug or experience or bucket list or Netflix binge-watching episode or Instagram post or number of friends or followers, like none of that will ever come close to satisfying us in the way that God can in every one of those five things. And so if we're struggling with gluttony, what should we pray for? Well, we should pray for the virtue of temperance and the gift of understanding. Temperance is basically what we've been talking about this whole episode, practicing moderation and self-restraint. And so knowing what your limit is on certain things, and if your limit is none, then honoring that. Um, I love the episode, um, The Catholic Guys, I think is what it's called. No, not The Catholic Guys, The Catholic Man Show. The Catholic Guy is Lena Rooley's show on Sirius XM Radio with Mark Hart. You should check that out too. But The Catholic Man Show is a great podcast, and they always um, review an alcoholic beverage at the beginning of their episode. And every now and then, they'll tell, they'll say why they do that, and that drinking in moder- moderation is okay, and the things of this world are created you know, good, and we should consume them as good. But moderation for some people is abstinence, and that is something to be honored and something to be um, recognized as worthy of praise. And so to to know that about yourself. And then the gift of understanding. Understanding isn't just kind of like, okay, I know the meaning behind this. I understand. But it goes beyond that in terms of it being a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's an awareness and a comprehension that leads you to a place where you can become certain of the truth. Now, 
in the sense that we unlock the truth of everything in the entire universe, that can never happen. However, knowledge is what we learn about the truth. Wisdom is our experience of that knowledge. Understanding is the place that we come to after where that wisdom leads that allows us to, based on our experience and what we know, to become certain of that truth. And so understanding in this sense helps us be aware and comprehend based on our experience. Like we can know what these things are that we're putting in our body. And based on experience, we can learn what our limits are. And that leads us to this gift of understanding where we can have an awareness and a comprehension that we can be certain of the truth of the things that are good and the things that are bad and how they affect our bodies. Um, That's how it can apply to this particular context. But understanding goes beyond that, obviously, in other contexts. Um, And so someone that we want to ask prayers for, the intercession of, is the one, the only, St. Augustine. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't done St. Augustine yet. Maybe we did, but he's not on my list as far as I can remember of saints that we have uh, done. And so you probably know the story of St. Augustine. I'm not going to really get into it. And we're going to, I think, start not doing so many details about these saints' lives because you can probably Wikipedia most of that. And to be honest, that's mostly what I do as well. Um, But I like finding little stories about them. But St. Augustine, you know, whenever you hear a story, it's pretty much all we know about him. Um, That he um, lived around the 4th and 5th century um, and his feast is August 28th. Um, the day before my dad's birthday. And he, uh, what I find interesting about him is he's one of the most prolifically quoted theologians of the church when you study theology, him and Thomas Aquinas, of the the um, kind of, after you get from the early church fathers, it's like Augustine, Aquinas, and then you get to like modern times, basically. Like that's kind of, it's you're talking a lot about those two people. Um, but Augustine... The only thing I ever see him as the patron saint of is brewers, people who brew beer. So this is the guy for gluttony, you know what I mean? And he lived a life definitely like that. He lived a life of this world. Um, He would party. He would um, talk often in his writings about his worldly desires, his desire for sins of the flesh. He's famous for saying, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. Um, And so his mom was St. Monica. And... um, He was born in Africa. He spent a lot of years in his life um, living um, just with false beliefs, like falling into pagan religion, pagan practice. Um, And he was brought up a Christian, but he really struggled with the sins of impurity and like a gluttonous behavior toward toward drink, toward women. Um, And it, it welled up this pride within him that kind of just caused him to not be able to see or understand the truth of, of Christianity anymore. So he ended up having a child out of wedlock. That's something that's not often said about him. He had a child out of wedlock. Um, that child ended up dying later in, in Augustine's life. Um, and he was actually a priest in a pagan cult um, called the Manichaeans. And the Manichaeans were all about duality of black and white. Um so it's either, you know, you see this a lot still in, in Augustine's writings, that city of God and city of man, um, that he has all of these these kind of dual things still in his theology that he, he carried from this. Um, but it, he really struggled with this either like live the life that he was living or go all the way into Christianity. And he couldn't, he it took him a long time to really come to terms with a conversion for himself. He knew kind of along the lines, he started listening to the preaching of uh, St. Ambrose 
And um, he, he started to know that Christianity was the true religion, but he really struggled to kind of choose that moment because he never thought that he'd be able to live a pure life. Um, but one day he was in, I think, a garden um, and he um, he heard... I'm trying to remember the story right, but um, he heard the story about two men who um, were converted because they read the life of St. Anthony. And he felt like really terrible. And he started asking, like, he asked his friend, like, what are we doing? Like, people who don't know, like, about the truths of the faith, they're taking heaven by force. And yet us, with all of our knowledge, we're the cowards and we keep rolling around in the mud of our sin. And so he flings himself into this garden. He cries out to God, how long, God, how long? Um, why not at this hour would you just put an end to my sins? And he heard um, children singing this like old kind of uh, sing-song rhyme. Um, I think it's tole lege, tole lege, and it means take up and read. And so he took that as a sign that God wanted him to hear those words, and he picked up um, the Bible, and it was, uh, or it was a book of the letters of St. Paul, and he read the first thing that his eyes fell on, and it was... Um, St. Paul saying to put away all impurity and live in imitation of Jesus Christ. And from that, for him, just did it. It was confirmation that like God was telling him, this is the moment that you just need to put it away and live for, live for the Lord. And so he began his new life at that point. Um, he lived only like the, the last like kind of quarter of his life as, as a, a Christian. And he was baptized. He became a priest, then a bishop and a very famous writer, um, founded a, a religious order and, um, became one of the greatest saints and theologians that ever lived. Um, on the wall of his room, uh, he wrote the, this sentence in large letters. Here we do not speak evil of anyone. Um, and he ended up practicing poverty and, and doing, you know, living a holy life and um, being a, a person of great influence in, in our church today. And I love that phrase that he had written on his wall here we do not speak evil of anyone in gluttonous behavior and when we consume and consume and consume it becomes very much about us and a lot of these seven deadly sins they all come back to that sin of pride which is considered the chief of all sins or the the capital of all um sins uh, because it's the source of everything of all those sins um and to recognize when we think we know best, when we think we know what's fine to consume, our own limit, what we can put in our bodies, even if it's not good, um, it becomes very much about us. And then that can lead into those other sins of like envy and greed that have to do with other people and the sins that we're going to continue to get into in the following episodes. And so to just be wary of that. Um, if food isn't what you struggle with, like you may have been listening to this episode like, oh, I'm not going to get anything out of this one. Like I have a good diet. I exercise. We're all gluttonous with something. You know, I think we're all gluttonous with something. We all have that thing that we go to the moment we get bored or the moment we feel like there's nothing else to do that we go right to and we can consume in kind of an unhealthy way. Uh, to really be cautious of that and to really make sure that it's not getting in the way of healthy habits and our relationship with the Lord. That being said, um, that's the end of episode 22. So please follow us on social media at Man of Food for Thought. Um, email us at manofoodforthought at gmail.com. 
or go on our website, manafoodforthought.com. There's blogs, vlogs. All of our podcast episodes live there. You can comment on any of them. Um, and you can follow the link on the homepage to support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content from Jenna and I. I swear she is still alive and still going to be back. I did not kidnap her. She's not hiding. She's not running away. She will return. So if you are completely tired of me, I apologize. Keep listening because Jenna will be back. Um, And we have three more deadly sins to talk about. Sloth, anger, and lust. Um, Thank you for sticking around through this seven-part weekly series on the seven deadly sins. We are praying for you. Let us know what you think of them. Rate and review them. uh, And hopefully we will um, hear good things back from you. But until then, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.